OCO in Hawaii. This is Candace with Real Indigenous. Today we are talking about an episode uh, from a television series from yesteryear. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the themes that some of the recurring themes that appear in this episode, and there are themes of of genocide. There are themes of displacement, themes of uh, pride, of course, and resiliency, and white fragility. So I'd like to welcome my co-hosts. My usual co-hosts are with us tonight. Apagalai of Siuvanga Angela. Amaru Wickham, Sunrise Tipikani. Hi, it's Jason. Hello. How are you This is Tony. This evening, we will be hopping right into this, uh, to a television series episode from the 1990s series classic, uh, Saved by the Bell. This episode is called Running Zack, and it is found in season three, episode 13, where... Zach, he's a track star, and he's he's running the big race. They have a great big trap meet coming up. They're a bunch of high schoolers. They're all full of life. And uh, one of the characters has to finish her genealogy project, and uh, Zach has to finish it too. So he goes looking and searching for his ancestry, and he finds a photo of uh, an elder Native American man in front of a teepee. So that leads him on his journey. Uh, to go and find his ancestry and to find out who his ancestor is in this picture. And at first he doesn't try very hard. You know, he's in the, he's, he doesn't try very hard at it. And his teacher calls him on it and his other friends call him on it because if he doesn't ace this, if he doesn't ace this project, he will not be able to run in the track meet. So his teacher uh, threatens to fail him. So she sends him to a friend of hers and uh, this um, to this elder Native American man who is played by Dale Birdie, who is uh, uh, he's Chigaragua, Chigaragua Apache, and they have a conversation. And in that time, of course, your genealogy research was done purely by those secondary sources. Lots and lots of books, no internet. None of, the, none of that in this time period. So you can't just go look up Ancestry.com. Can't look up Fold 2. You got to go or Fold 3. You have to go dig in the books, dig in the stacks for your ancestry. So Zach does that. And he discovers that he is from, that he is descended from the Nez Pierce tribe. And that his ancestor was someone called Running Wind, who was with Chief Joseph of the Nez Pierce, who are the Nimipu, when they were fleeing uh, from their lands. And so Zach goes on this self journey and he discovers a pride that he never had before in his background and in his heritage and in his history. And he's able to come back, redo the project and uh, he's able to ace his history project. And then he is allowed to go and compete in the track meet. However, before he competes in the track meet, sadly uh, his friend, his newfound friend, uh, his newfound friend dies. His uh, new Native American elder friend, uh, who was played by Dilberti, he dies right before his track meet. And Zach decides that he's not going to run. He, he doesn't have it in him to run anymore. But then his friend appears to him in a dream and encourages him to finish his race. You know, that his people were people who ran, but they ran, you know, for different reasons than a track meet or than a trophy. So Zach regains the courage to run this track meet. And uh, then he and all his friends go to their track meet and presumably they triumph over their 
opponents, the the people, the, the school from Valley. So I think this episode has a lot to say about pride and your genealogy and pride in your heritage. And uh, yeah, I think it. there's also some beautiful themes of friendship, you know, some really deep friendship. Uh, there's a part of a, a second plot line we have running is um, two characters. One girl says that she is descended from from enslaved people. And the other friend says that her people were slave traders. And so throughout this episode, we have this white fragility that is revealed, you know, her, the white friend is so ridden with guilt, you know, that she keeps offering her services to her friend, offering and offering to make up, you know, and she thinks that her friend hates her, but her friend is quite gracious, you know, and then eventually they make up and things aren't as weird anymore. And so, I think this episode still has some interesting things to say about about white fragility and and that conversation what do you all think well you yeah uh, go ahead well i was gonna say you mentioned that he uh zach has uh developed some kind of pride which maybe he does but it's strange that like that it's strange how it happens and then it's strange it never comes up again uh that's kind of weird. Uh, and, uh, well, sort of. I think maybe it does come up a little bit in the Hawaiian episode or whatever. Um, but uh, I think that's a little uh, awkward. And it felt like it was um, uh, disingenuous the way that Zach always is, I guess. But, um, uh, but I, you know, the, the depiction of an elder uh having a oral relationship like oral history and he's like learning about his tribe i guess i thought that uh, uh maybe was relatable for some people if they've not discovered it before exactly um, the elder was mm-hmm. so gracious you know i'm reconnecting with him and if you notice he didn't do the labor for him he expected exactly <laughs> that's true. That, there's that's the, what, uh, yeah, there's a lesson, right? This is like the first step that leads to reservation dogs, basically, right? We go through leather and feather kind of things, and it's kind of that symbology that happens where we see Zach in his full regalia when he gives his presentation, expressing his indigeneity, and so when he comes out, uh, he then becomes the runner that he is, which is a traditional thing amongst his people. Remember, I said he the running of his tribes were known for running and doing things for the people, and you can, you should relate to that. And so, what happens is his pride is shown because he's moving forward from just being just that leather and feather, but being a human being. That's what we've always been wanting is these is our characters to be real and to just be human beings, and that's what Zach is. And so that's kind of what I felt when I saw this episode. I mean, this show really touched me, man. I mean, like this whole sense of slavery and like this this feeling of like forgiving the white person for the wrong that they've done to us. I mean, that's important. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what needs to be done is that we have to look at that and say, when we know that their ancestors have done so much wrong to us, we just tell them, it's okay. We know you're a good person. We appreciate it. As a reconnecting native, somebody who, you know, is adopted outside of community and is working to come back in and learn more on the same journey as Zach, I have to say, did we watch the same episode? 
I didn't get that at all. What's what? I, I what? I mean, the first presentation that he does, Screech is up there talking in pigeon English. They're painting him with lipstick. And I mean, thank goodness the teacher calls him out because holy cow, that was so awful to watch. I mean, but he that, uses, he that? uses, he uses like the language, like Kimosabi. That's, that's, that's like a, a native term. For what? And she calls him Tonto, who is like the, the hero of our, of our tribe. Kimosabi of our people, native, native for white person? For white savior? No? Is that, is it Choctaw? What tribe? Is it Nez Pierce? I mean, Zach, Zach does face the potential of a lot of ridicule, right? When he comes out in his regalia and uh, he's this strong symbol of pride. And uh, it just feels like he, he challenges that image of Screech. So it felt like it was maybe the, the, the initial image that we were supposed to contrast, you know, like the, the real image he, of who we are by the end. It. He didn't yeah, but, earn that orb on it. That's, that's, that's a sign of pride. Go he's ahead. embodying. He's embodying. Like before, yeah, he had to use Screech because he he was he was faking it. He wasn't doing a good job. But then he steps into his heritage. Then he steps into it, and he's fully embodying it. You know, by dressing up, by and buying by, that yeah, from the full, local bo full body. Store? But again, full body no, regalia. Yeah. So. So we got, so that's, it's the whole symbol of our history of cinema, right? So we got White Man Screech, who's Italian, by the way. And the majority of our historical characters are played by Italian people. So he goes up. Did you up, say White Man Screech? Did you say White Man Screech? White Man Screech. White Man Preach? White Man Screech. <laughs> <laughs> so he's an Italian guy pretending to be an Indian. And so as the story progresses in the evolution of our native characters in cinema, Zach discovers he's native. He finally comes into full regalia as an Indian, as a real live Indian. And beyond you know what, that, go yeah. ahead. Well, I was gonna say like Palo Highway, it's not just like the wear. He's not just like all of a sudden in the clothing. He also has a connection, like a spiritual connection, right? He's connecting to uh, Chief Henry after Chief Henry has gone on to, to the next world, right? He, uh, uh, this is something that is evidence that he's connecting with his heritage, right? Wait, what was the guy's name that with the that he went and got all of that long story from? Was his name actually Chief? Yeah, Chief Henry. Yeah, yeah Chief Henry. They just made, gave him that name. He might be a chief. We don't know, like a real life chief. Well, at first they thought he was a chef, so they corrected themselves. They course corrected. They thought that they thought that Zach was descended from a great chef, and but they well, he didn't have those little cupcake holders sitting on his table, so I thought he was a chef too. Yeah, and so Chief Henry graciously corrected them and be like, "Oh no, he wasn't a chef. He was a chief. Your ancestor was a chief." And then he comes back like Anakin Skywalker, glowing in the dark. To talk to Zach? He really pulled off that suit and that turquoise bolo tie, though. Yeah, very contemporary look, right? 
especially for the again 90s. subverting right? that ideology of what a real Indian is. I mean, yes, I, yes. I don't see how you're not seeing this because I mean that's a vision quest. That's very common in Native people's experiences. I mean, everyone's had a vision quest, right? You guys, all of you dreamed of somebody dead, didn't y'all? Jason, help me out here. I had one this morning. Yeah, for sure. It's the mystic Indian trope. You know, you all know how I feel about mystic Indian tropes. It drives me insane. Can I can I talk to animals? No, I wish I could. Can't. Can I appear to people in dreams? No. Does my grandmother, my Choctaw grandmother, come and appear to me in dreams? No. It's not real. It's not a real thing. Was there even a native writer on this show for this episode? No. Probably not. Well, they had Dale Birdie. I mean, he was, he's an actual native dude. They used him. I'm sure they asked him all the questions that needed to be done. They used him as the person to be the all encompassing answering all the Indian questions. Cause that's what we do, right? I mean, as, as Indian people, whenever we're on set and we're the only Indian on the set, we're the ones that everybody come that we have to do the costumes. We do the, the, the hair and makeup. We do the, the, the language to help teach them how to speak the language. So, I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, there was there was an Indian right there. He was acting right there. So he did everything. He probably even wrote a few lines for the script. He probably uh, really beaded that prop too. Yeah, actually, it probably yeah, right. was a prop. I bet that that was real. And then yeah, that's probably real him. native art right they there. They killed him in the story. They didn't even bring him back as a reoccurring character to help Zach find out more about his people and reconnect in a meaningful way because Zach only reconnects in order to profit from it by winning the track meet. They killed him in the story. I mean, it's been a while. I'm sorry. I haven't seen it in a while, but they killed him. Not Zach. They killed no, the, the Indian, the Indian guy, but that's the Indian guy. That's he funny. dies. What? That's he died. What they're supposed again? to do. That's how we, we die again. Yes. God damn it. I mean, but that's how it's supposed to be. Right. I mean, the banishing Indian is a real thing. I mean, look at us. We're all, but we're very limited in people. How many Indians do you see when you go to Red Lobster? I don't go to Red Lobster. Uh, I mean, there's sorry. A, there is an important lesson to to value your elders while they're around. I felt like that was really hitting that for me. You know, I got so close to him by the end of the episode. It was real shock. I was like, it brought me to tears a little bit. Dude, I shed tears, man. How did you get close to him? Oh, he man. He went to yeah, UCLA. I mean, That's all we know. Yeah. It's like, life. I feel like Zach. I spent the day surfing with him, and next day he died, and I was connected, and I fucking cried. I mean, real teardrops fell, man. I mean, that was heartfelt. It hurt in my chest. Did my you, favorite thing you... about... My favorite thing about Zach is that he was with Kelly Kapowski. Okay. He's like cool because she is so, she was back then so hot. She probably is still hot. What am I talking about? But yeah. I, I actually, um, I actually don't think that they're together in this season. I think at the beginning of this season, she starts going out with Slater. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. I like that you're the reporter for information about. Saved by the Bell, Sunrise. I know just a little bit. He wore Z Cavaricci pants. Yeah. Everybody, and everybody loves Slater. Everybody knows that. Slater was the hot dog and Lisa Turtle. Those were the big crushes of everybody. Now, native or not native, Lisa Turtle 
That's the real question. Is because of her clan name or or what? Turtle clan. I mean, she sounds Choctaw to me. And how many Morrises are Nez Pierces out there? I think that was Chief Joseph's last name. Chief Joseph Morris. Although Zach is descended of Whispering Wind. Yeah, that's right. Whispering Wind Morris. Everybody knows that. It's history. That's in the history books. If you go look up online, Whispering Wind, you'll you'll see that picture is Whispering Wind. Yeah, I mean, so he had like seven or eight books there. Those can't be fake books. He was holding them. Yeah, I have to yeah. say, I'm real, I'm real jealous of Zach because he was able to trace and able to connect that picture with a name. How many of us can do that? I mean, aren't you all envious? Possible. I don't understand what's happening. Sorry. I'm so confused. Matter of fact, once I found a trading card, speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I found a trading card of Obi-Wan Kenobi in a drawer at my parents' house. And it turns out Obi-Wan Kenobi is my great, 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 great grandfather because he happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But we're related to Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we're Kenobi family. Are you sure he's not your spirit animal? Kenobi descendant. I think you're also suggesting that you're not from this planet. I always <laughs> I had those assumptions. Chewbacca is my spirit animal. I am not surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in a sweat lodge with Chewbacca, TBH. Ooh, wet dog. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm hearing from everyone that this episode of Saved by the Bell is a proper representation of natives in media is this what i'm hearing the running zach episode it won an yeah. emmy for this episode it, it played it in a lot of the american indian like uh film festivals i mean this was like a highly honored show i think it was that, at my skins if i recall yeah so we i mean this was this was what we watched when we were kids in school to understand native connection whenever uh Native American Her- Heritage Month came along. This was one of the first movies you watch. This one in Dance with the Wolves. Hey, that's when it came out. That's when it first aired. It's in Native American Heritage Month, November. Dude, they were so on, man. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, November 24th, 1990. And Mark Paul Gossler said that this was his favorite episode, right? He's going to stand by that, right? And I think and he even said he was, he was, he's, he, 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 he thinks he's na- a little bit native. Cherokee. Please tell me he's Cherokee. Yeah, from in the valley. Candace, we need you to look at that. I mean, that. Candace, you know this. Candace, probably come the, on, man. Probably the Cumberland here. Valley. <laughs> so did he, can we say that he profited off of finding out that he's part Cherokee? And you're all okay with this? Candace, that's your people. Yeah, Candace. <laughs> well, you know, there are many people who make, who make that claim many times, but there is usually that one out of 900. There is sometimes... There is that one who was able to prove their direct lineage and their ancestry. And Zach, he he looks like he might be that one out of 900. I mean, of course he did. He found that picture that connected them. Exactly. He found the picture and he did his genealogy work. By asking the elder. It is kind of weird that he like opens up a trunk and the picture's laying on top of a bunch of objects. It's not at the bottom. He didn't like go searching for it. So to me, that meant that like it's always been sitting around. He knew about it. And really, I think it was kind of the moment where he was able to finally uh, have a reason to connect and not be embarrassed. But his you family know? also talked about it. Remember, his family always knew that they were Indian of some kind because they always talked about it. Meemaw and Papa said that they had some kind of Indianess 
And so that makes him Indian, right? I mean, that's how it works, isn't it? Was that in a previous episode or a, a different episode? It may be. He was talking about it with Screech. I mean, I'm sure there's been hints throughout the whole series of him being native. Well, you know, I mean, I, I will say that the, the Hawaiian episode that I mentioned earlier, uh, it's revealed that Screech has some sort of Hawaiian in him. He's got royal Hawaiian lineage. I thought he was Italian. It, but that, that's sort of like maybe what he's been led to believe that he's Italian. But by the time they get to Hawaii, then the truth is also revealed. So that makes sense that there's like these two right indigenous individuals learning about their identity it makes sense why they connect and uh, how they help each other because that that episode it's like a full movie like a tv movie but it's also about like indigenous rights to land the land rights wouldn't be as um, prevalent without either of those two individuals and i think zach's knowledge about his own identity he helps sort of identify how to trick these land developers into thinking that the uh, the Hawaiian lands are theirs, which it is, right? So he's standing up for native rights of land. I don't think he would have done that if it weren't for his own pride in this particular episode. Dang, and that's and then it helps Screech, right? Yeah, that's community. That's to this gotta, day, when I think of indigenous lands, I think of Screech. And that's got to go back to the question about was there a native writer or producer? Obviously, this episode lays the groundwork for Screech's, Screech's also his, his realization and learning and stepping into his indigeneity. This, this has got to lay the groundwork for that. I mean, I've been hard pressed to see if there wasn't a native writer or producer on the, on the staff. I bet if you did ask like the writer or director, they're going to say that they have some kind of native connection. They probably read a lot of books, you know, and that's enough. For real. I bet they even, you know, know some researchers who who have written these books. Well, I, I think I'm given everyone's opinion on this. I think I'm going to have to go back and watch this episode again with an open heart and learning to embrace Zach Morris as being Nez Pierce and standing up for proper representation in media of natives. Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate this. I I think it's wonderful. I'm I'm getting a little a little teary-eyed myself. I'm this has been amazing. It's just been really eye-opening for me. And I I want to say thank you so much. Everyone watched this show. I mean, this is like the most important television episode ever. This was something that we used to watch in our American Indian history class. And you learn a lot and you feel a lot and you connect. Zach, he's, he's you know, he's <laughs> one of us now. And we claim him. Running Zach. Running Zach. Probably. Aho. Aho. Any last words? We're all kind of speechless. April Fool's. April Fool's. <laughs> I don't think we meant that. <laughs> That was April Fool's? What? What? <laughs> Someone told me. What? Oh, yeah, did, real- we didn't mean any of that, I don't think. Oh, y'all, were, y'all didn't mean it? Uh, <laughs> I nah, think Tully must have. Me neither, I guess. Uh, I, I didn't either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although much of that is true. Like the Mark Paul Gossler said that this was his favorite episode at one point. 
that Hawaiian episode and those events with Screech really happen. Like those are real things. Yeah. I can see why the Hawaiian episode, because you get to go to Hawaii. You go to, yeah. Almost every <laughs> show goes to Hawaii. Yeah. The Brady Bunch. Right. The Brady Bunch. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So on a real tip, this, ter- this show was really fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of the most racist fucking sh- I mean, I'm surprised this doesn't get canceled. This, ep- this <laughs> series, this show, because of how bad it is. <laughs> and But I do think they represent liberal white guilt well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was exactly how it is. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. where she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, Lisa. I my family sold you slaves. I'll buy you a soda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll pay yeah. your driveway. And Lisa uh-huh. said, How about you buy me a car? What? I can't afford that. We'll go so far, but reparations, nah. <laughs> my property. <laughs> That was pretty terrible. Yeah, I had never seen that that episode, and watching that whole opening scene where he paints the lipstick on on Screech's face, I was just Uh, like, "How in the world?" Yeah, makes. Yeah, and what was the saying? I bet you can be my Indian. He says, "How." That's a good start. <laughs> That's a good start. Oh right? my gosh! Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna, me hungry. Me take them the axe and hit this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that apple just fell right apart. <laughs> I was uh, I was kind of not surprised by how unfunny the whole thing was, even without the racist jokes. There were a couple that did kind of land, but for the most part, I was like, wow, this show, I'm, was this show ever funny? And as uh, Tyler pointed out, that picture is actually a real dude who's looking class, who wasn't Nance Pierce, and uh, was with uh, Chief Joseph. That speech, I will fight no more forever, was famous when I was a kid. I mean, like, that was like one of the things that everyone talked about of Chief Joseph. And yeah. he does mention mm-hmm. looking glass in that speech. Mm-hmm. And so that was the thing we wondered, like, how come they didn't just say it was looking glass and why they had to say whispering wind and make up a, a fake Indian name, you know? Maybe they were worried about copyright. I guess yeah, or- so. I mean, they still used his image, you know? They did use his image. Yeah. But there was mm-hmm. a band called Looking Glass, too. I don't know if they were they were inspired by it. He was a, a, a warrior chief, right? I think so. Of the Nez Pierce tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the thing that they never they picked Nez Pierce. Yeah. Yeah, where yeah. is Saved by the Bell? Like, where is the show shot? Like, where are they supposed to be? California. California. Bayside. Okay. So, I'm sure it's some fictional Southern California town. Sure. It sounds like it's not, it sounds like a, on the the west side of the valley because he's like like point totally describing. like mr belding is totally right. talking like valley girl style and making fun <laughs> of the other the team that they're going to be going against because they're in the valley okay he, he does this he does that in this episode yeah belding does oh 
Like for sure. I must have been falling asleep. Or <laughs> <laughs> fast forwarding. <laughs> Which I thought you said Mr. Belvedere for a second. I was like, what? Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> That's the it was a crossover show. episode. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah. thanks everybody for tuning yeah. in for our April Fool's joke. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. We'll see you next time. Uh, same indigenous time, same indigenous place. Until then, keep it real. Don't just keep it real. Keep it real indigenous. Real indigenous. indigenous. Two e's. <laughs> <laughs> Two e's. <laughs> R e l. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>